0: Is BYU looking at other quarterbacks outside of Maya Luyaki smith as part of their 2024 recruiting class? Well, based on an offer issued Sunday night, it very much looks that way. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Cannot appreciate you guys enough for your support of the podcast. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports and, of course, available wherever you get your podcasts. YouTube as well in the video format. And a big thank you once again for supporting this venture. All right, let's dive right in on today's show and talk about recruiting for BYU's quarterback position going into the 2024 recruiting class. Now, we've talked a lot recently about Maya Luyaki-Smith out of Sarah High School out there in the Bay Area of Northern California, Uh, a guy that I think BYU very much would like to have in their football program. But Sunday night, saw this come across the timeline on social media, most notably Twitter, that BYU has issued a new offer, according to Noah Lugo, out of Eaton High School down in the Fort Worth area of Texas, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Eaton High School in the far north uh, part of Fort Worth, but uh, watching his film, pulled up his huddle highlights from his junior film last year, playing for Eaton High School, and I gotta say, just on the highlights alone, Noah Lugo fits exactly what BYU's looking for at a quarterback. Now, Maya Luiaki-Smith has got ideal size for the position. six foot four, two 200-plus pounds, just looks every bit the part of a, a prototypical quarterback, and obviously has the athleticism that BYU deems necessary, Aaron Roderick most notably, that they want in their offense. Well, Noah Lugo Hugo is not that, not that tall. He's 6'1 and a half, according to 24-7 Sports, weighs 180 pounds. But what I saw from him on film is a guy who's a dynamic athlete. He's got a really, really live arm, very nice deep ball, which is a huge must in Aaron Roderick's offense. You have to be able to deliver the deep ball with accuracy down the field. It's just It's a non-negotiable with what is looking for from their quarterbacks. But they're also looking for guys who are athletic. And Noah Lugo, his offense that he runs in high school, their Eaton High School, uses a lot of QB-designed runs, but it's also his ability to improvise and use his feet. This is a kid who's got some absolute wheels. Now, the interesting part about all of this is he is from the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, a place that BYU very much would like to sink their hooks into a little more with recruiting. But he recently, on uh, June 18th, committed to UT San Antonio out of, obviously, uh, the they were a conference US. Say now they're moving over to the American Athletic Conference, if I I recall correctly, if my conference realignment palooza is correct. But uh, interesting that BYU is offering him just a couple of weeks after he committed to UTSA, but BYU is far and away his best offer. He's got offers according to 24-7 Sports from the likes of Army, Arkansas State, Bowling Green, and also we already talked about UTSA where he is committed to. So BYU is his first Power 5 offer, and this will be interesting to see how BYU handles this. Does this mean that BYU is kind of jumping off the Miami Iluyaki uh, bandwagon and thinking hey, maybe he's going to look elsewhere. Obviously most people think that it's kind of come down to Oklahoma State or BYU for Smith, but I don't think BYU's given up on Smith. I just think they may have a little bit of a contingency plan in place. Maybe telling Lugo hey, if my Smith decides that it's we're not where he's going to go, we want you to come in and play for us. Uh, like I said, I watched this film of Noah Lugo and he fits exactly what BYU wants in their quarterbacks. Athletic, who a guy who can absolutely run but only runs in if he has to, if that makes sense. Obviously, as, as I mentioned, his offense in high school, watching his huddle highlights, they have a lot of QB-designed runs, and obviously that is your, your called to run. You call your number, you're going to run it. But at the same time, he improvises and uses his feet to get himself uh, out of trouble, but also still keeping his eyes downfield to deliver the ball downfield. So I really like this offer. I think this is, might be an under-the-radar offer. He is a mid-three-star prospect for 24-7 sports, rated an 85 on the 24-7 uh, sports ratings. They don't have a composite rating for him because I guess the other uh, recruiting services out there on three rivals, et cetera, have not rated him as a quarterback. But uh, 24-7 sports has him as the 74th best quarterback in the 2024 class, 179th in the state of Texas overall athlete. So I- I'm intrigued by this offer. Like I said, I-, I don't think that he is by any means, speaking of Lugo, the pick uh, in terms of the depth, or not the depth chart, the chart, wish list for BYU. I think they still very much would like to have Maya Lugo Smith in their program, but I think this indicates that BYU may be thinking, hey, we got to have a little bit of a contingency plan here. Now, they also had uh, EJ Kamenong on the hook a little bit. He had decided he was going to visit BYU, and then BYU decided to cancel his visit last minute. Uh, Word on the street was that he just wasn't as athletic as BYU needed in their quarterbacks or what they were looking for, I guess I should say. Uh, So, I think Noah Lugo is very much the number two guy on the list right now for BYU. Now, some of you might be saying, well, Jake, they already brought in Enoch Watson, they Carson Sue Sue. Now, both of those players, while they are quarterbacks at the high school level, first off, Sue Sue I don't think he's going to play quarterback at BYU. Could I be wrong about that? Yes, I could be, but I just don't see that happening. I just think he is his skill set is more as an athlete, and if you look at the the uh, positional ratings and everything for him on the various recruiting websites, they have him listed as an athlete. I think that he was uh, looking at either, in my opinion, going to Utah State as a quarterback, where Utah State would let him uh, play quarterback, or BYU at the Power Five level where they said, hey, you're going to be an athlete for us and we'll find the best position for you, and if it is quarterback, so be it. So, I don't think that Sue Sue ends up as a quarterback, and Enoch Watson, while he is a dynamic quarterback prospect, I love Enoch Watson out of the Arizona Arizona prep scene He's a 2026 class uh, guy, for the lack of a better term. He is going on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so he will not be enrolling this year. BYU is looking at the 2024 class, finding a guy, whether it's a Maia Luiaki-Smith or, in this case, Noah Lugo, who just recently received this offer. Either one of them could be that play-first quarterback who comes in right away and competes for time for BYU as soon as, uh, I think Lugo mentioned that he wants to, he's a December graduate, so he could be at school at BYU by the time uh, January rolls around. So, very interesting offer. I'm intrigued by his athleticism. Like I said, a live arm, the ability to deliver the deep ball with accuracy, but the best part is his other uh, passes that he was throwing through some uh, slant routes I saw on time, on point, so Uh, very intrigued by this offer, and like I said, by far, BYU being his only Power 5 offer, he's got to be at least somewhat intriguing to a young man like this. Now, UTSA is in his home state of Texas, albeit across the state in San Antonio from his home in Fort Worth, but we'll see how things shake out, and like I said, this very well may be BYU kind of just lining up a contingency plan. If Maya Luyaki smith decides that BYU's not where he's going to be, and he had a little bit of a a little kerfuffle over the weekend, as many of you might have seen on social media, he posted some photos saying, go Cougs, of his visit to BYU recently, and uh, word on the street was that, just based on people I talked to at BYU, is that it was not a commitment. It was just him, I think, drumming up a little interest on social media, if you will. So we'll see where it all pans out. But uh, interesting offer all the same. And uh, the fun part about this is if Aaron Roderick wants to tag along uh, to uh, Fort Worth, he could – bump in to no Lugo. no he's not gonna do that let me be very clear about that this is a this is a quiet period on the recruiting calendar the month of July is time for coaches to go out on vacation I'd actually be very surprised if Aaron Roderick was anywhere near the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex uh, this week but uh, tomorrow I head out to Dallas obviously getting ready for big 12 media days cannot wait to be down there in Arlington gonna be a scorcher a hundred plus degrees every single day I am in Texas albeit uh, with added humidity so we're, we're reaching near hundred here here in Utah, but we don't have the humidity element near as much as Dallas will have. So going to be a hot one down there, but looking forward all the same to Big 12 Media Days. All right, coming up here in just a minute. We don't typically talk about cross-country track and field that often on this podcast, but it made headline news across the country last uh, over the weekend. I guess I should say Saturday. Very crazy stuff. An incredible scene at the USA Track and Field Championships. And a BYU uh, runner absolutely inspired all of us, and we'll talk about that coming coming up here in just a moment. Now, first a word on our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs' uh, goal here, my friends, is to make you look good. Bird Dogs' stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Who doesn't want to look sculpted, my friends? Best part is they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. And they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton, but still look uh, like those cotton shorts. They have what they call uh, cloud-knit fabric, looks just like the khaki you'd be wearing, but stretches to give you that waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice all that movement. And the best part is they use anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that helps keep Keeps you cool and dry all day long. The best part is, I love about this is Bird Dogs is going to hook you guys up. They want nothing more than for you guys to enjoy these shorts. They've sent me two pairs of them. I absolutely think they're awesome. I would encourage you guys to check them out. They also have given uh, out, uh, they call free gift tumblers. They're, they're like a Yeti style tumbler. They're giving those to you guys as well. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college to enter the promo code locked on college for that free Yeti style tumbler with every single order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college. Use that promo code locked on college once again to get that free Tumblr with your order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Cougars your first listen today. Thank you for being everyday with us here on the podcast. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend out there wherever you might be. Uh, by the way, I mentioned this on Friday. I'm going to show this right now. This is a shameless plug, but if you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing uh, it's a Sailor Coug uh, head uh, logo. A good friend of the podcast, Josh War, has started his own little business where he creates these signs. I know that Jeff Hansen from Give Him Hell Brigham has got the Beat Digger Coog. Uh, Josh reached out to me and said, hey, I want to get one of those. So I had him send me the Sailor Coog head here with the Royal Blue, uh, and it's all made out of wood. That's the best part about this. This is full wood, full grain wood. You can look at that on the side. It's an absolutely incredible product. Josh is, like I said, a small business. If you want to support that and obviously get some BYU gear uh, to hang on your wall, I'm going to get this hung somewhere here in my studio. Stay tuned for that, but uh, got that, in, and a big thank you to Josh all the same as well, and uh, I would encourage you guys to check him out at Josh underscore War on Twitter. It's W-A-R-R, two R's on his last name. If you want to get in touch with him, he'd love nothing more than to hook you guys up and obviously support his business if you're out there in Cougar Nation and want to get some awesome. Awesome uh, logo type stuff. And by the way, he can do custom stuff. I know that uh, give him help Brigham. Uh, he had Jeff do a, a unique one for him. I have, may have to have him do a Locked On Cougars one. Josh, let's talk. But uh, nonetheless, big thank you uh, for sending that over. All right, uh, on to other news real quick, though. Uh, crazy scenes at the USA Track and Field Championships this past weekend. I was absolutely floored when I saw this pop up Saturday night. Now, I need to acknowledge, I did not see this live, but uh, BYU runner Kenneth Rooks was running the 3,000-meter steeplechase at the uh, USA Outdoor Track and Field Championships in Eugene, Oregon on Saturday evening. Now, I was on the radio doing RSL coverage, Real Salt Lake coverage for my station, the KSL Sports Zone, but as I was kind of streaming social media, all of a sudden I saw, the first person I saw post something was Robert Griffin III, obviously the former uh, Baylor Heisman Trophy winner, now a commentator for both the NFL and uh, college football for ESPN. And he said, Kenneth Rooks inspired me. He came back to win a race that he fell down. And I'm like, what is he talking about? So, immediately, I started uh, looking around on Twitter, and I saw the video of this, and it was absolutely incredible. Kenneth Rooks fell down, jumping over a barrier in the 3,000-meter steeplechase. Many of you know that the steeplechase involves various—it has a water element to it. You have to jump over these poles. It's a it's a unique race in track and field. This guy already owns a national championship in uh, the NCAA ranks in the steeplechase. He's an elite runner, speaking of uh, Kenneth Rooks. But this race in particular, he fell over, dusted himself off. He was like something like 30 uh meters back or something like that, ends up rallying to win the race in a time of eight, sixteen, uh eight minutes, sixteen seconds. Is 8 minutes, 16.78 seconds, a personal best time. He beat out professional athletes in this event and finished ahead of Bernard Ketter, Isaac Updike, uh, Mason Furlick, and Anthony Rotich. I don't necessarily know who uh, these athletes are, but they are professionals. This is their job is what they do. They run this race. He beat every single one of them. Of course, he's wearing his BYU gear. Uh, For him to have fallen, get up, and race the time of his life, to post the time of his life in that event, to beat out professionals at the national championships, What an incredible story this was. Like like I said, I I don't spend a lot of time on track and field and and cross-country stuff on this podcast because it doesn't necessarily move the needle. But if you watch that happen, if you've not seen it yet, I would assume you've seen it, most of you by now on social media, it was ubiquitous. It felt like it was everywhere all of a sudden after it happened, Uh, but it was absolutely incredible, Uh, I went back actually, and I watched as much of that race as I could, and it's just absolutely insane what he did, and he talked afterwards how he had channeled, I think it was Henry Marsh, if I recall correctly, one of the great steeplechase runners and distance runners in BYU track history, uh, who had a national championship of his own, he said, I I channeled that as I uh, got myself back into the race, but you watch him in that final stanza, there's three other guys there racing alongside him, and he just holes all the way down the stretch, had that extra kick down the stretch, and it was just—it was marvelous. I, like I said, it was just absolutely marvelous and inspired me because this is a guy who had no business. He could have easily just said, "You know what? Let's just finish this race and see where things round out." But uh, the—he's the, now a junior from Walla Walla, Washington. He's been a member of the track and field program at BYU uh, since 2019. He has earned All-American honors four times. Won the 2023 NCAA uh, title in steeplechase. He also owns three top-10 records at BYU as well. And he did not give up in this race. And that for that, I—I I, I, like I said. I just wanted to give him a shout out. That was absolutely masterful. Like I said, if you have not seen it, just Google Kenneth Rooks and it'll pop up. It's everywhere now. It was just absolutely incredible scenes to watch him do his thing out there as a BYU athlete and beating out and out professionals in that event. When uh, he easily could have melded it in and said, "You know what? Not, it's not my day." He just, he just dug deep. The grit was there. The the determination, the tenacity. It was it was just man. I, I don't know how many superlatives I can add on to this, but I was absolutely floored by what he the performance he put on. Uh, honestly, and like I said, I, I don't have much more to say than hey, uh, tip of the cap to you, Kenneth Rooks, and thank you for your inspiration. But this is a guy. If I'm not, mis- if I'm not, uh, if I'm advising him, I'd be considering turning pro right now. Now I know the coaches at BYU are like, hey, whoa, 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 we want him, we want him back for another year if we can get him. But to do what he did you got to guarantee he's got a number of sponsors out there. Nike, probably chief among them, considering this was done at the quote unquote Nike invitational, the, uh, the Eugene track complex there is uh, where Nike sends their elite athletes to train by and large. So, Crazy, crazy scenes, and like I said, a tip of the cap uh, to you, Kenneth Rooks. Your your grit, your tenacity, your determination. It was in, it was it was just it was really inspiring uh, to watch it all unfold. And like I said, to fall, dust yourself off in the middle of a race, and to come back, fall behind everybody because he was the only guy who ended up on the ground in that uh, little bit of a scuffle that took place. It wasn't a scuffle. It was just he. There was a there was a I guess a trip over that barrier and ends up going down. And I was man. What an incredible performance! All right, so I uh, just want to give a shout out once again uh, to you, uh, uh, Kenneth Rooks. That was that was awesome. Awesome scenes. Now we got two other things we need to cover on today's show. Another look back at BYU and their uh, independent history. A crazy, crazy game. Inspiring in and of itself. We'll talk about that next. As well as a new addition for BYU Golf that I think is indicative of that BYU football is not just uh, adding athletes from the Power 5 ranks in terms of the transfer portal that would maybe not have considered BYU otherwise in terms of playing their sports. We'll talk about all that as we continue on in a moment right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Now, first a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. We've been with us for a few months now, but, but whether you're looking for your first home or ready to upgrade to your dream home, my friends, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Utah, uh, per- Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs. They want nothing more than to make sure you guys are uh, having the perfect situation for you housing-wise if they can help you guys out with that. They've got beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties along the way. Front, and they also have multiple communities in Washington County near St. George if you want to live down south. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes as well. They even have quick move-in homes available if you're ready to move now as well. So get on it. Uh, Visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah's been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Cougars a part of your routine. Coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, frankly, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of my thoughts going into Big 12 Media Day. And uh, they may not necessarily have much basis. In fact, it's kind of going to be my gut feeling on things going into that. And who knows what, what else might pop up in the news cycle for BYU. We'll also continue to look back at these BYU football games. Of course, we'll have live coverage for you guys from down there in uh, Dallas and Arlington at AT&T Stadium for Media Days as well. Uh, I won't necessarily have all the equipment I have in my studio. I'm not taking the sign behind me here on YouTube uh, with me to Dallas, but hey, we'll get as much audio and video to you guys as we can possibly get and obviously uh, stay tuned. We'll have, like I said, live coverage. A unique aspect of this podcast. I've been lucky enough uh, to uh, book this travel and uh, take some time off of my other uh, work to go and do this with the Lockdown Podcast Network. Who knows? We may have like a roundtable event with it, so stay tuned all week long. We'll have plenty of coverage for you guys uh, from Big 12 Media Days. Alright, uh, now, a couple of notes before we go on today's show is congratulations to Simon Kwan. He's, added, he's been added to The BYU men's golf roster for this upcoming season, uh, joining Bruce Brockbank's squad. Now, Quan is a former prep star here in the state of Utah. Actually, just recently won the Utah State Amateur. uh, Spent the last two years uh, playing for the Cal Bears out in the Bay Area. Uh, He is a guy who's got two years of eligibility remaining, and adds to an already incredible lineup for BYU. Now, the Cougars uh, with Zach Jones and now Simon Quan have the back, uh, not the back-to-back, the last two. Uh, Utah State amateur champions on their roster coming into this season. Uh, Simon is uh, very much a BYU legacy in many ways because his grandpa is the guy that you may know as, well, you may not know, you you know him, Johnny Miller. Yeah, Johnny Miller is Simon Kwan's grandfather. Uh, Todd Miller, who is BYU's director of golf, uh, essentially like the the assistant or the associate head coach for BYU men's golf, that's his uncle. He's got uh, two other (laughs) uncles who have played for BYU. Uh, But here's the thing, the quote here was this, Coach Brockbank, this comes from Todd Miller. Coach Brockbank and I tried to recruit Simon out of high school, so it's nice to get a kid you already wanted through the transfer portal. Uh, His performance in the Utah State Amateur each of the last two years has been extremely impressive. It's always good to have someone on your team that feels comfortable in match play. Now, here's the thing. He was recruited by BYU, Utah, Pepperdine, USC, and Notre Dame, four-time 6A All-State honoree, 2021 Utah High School golfer, uh, National Invitational Medalist, 2020 Utah Junior Golf Association Player of the Year. This is a guy that I think bypassed BYU simply because BYU was not Power 5 at the time. Now BYU is at the Big 12 level, going to be playing against the likes of Oklahoma State, who's an absolute powerhouse in men's golf. They're not the only one. Texas is out there. Uh, They'll only be in for the one year. But still, there's so many of these programs in the Big 12 that have elite golf programs. UCF, I'm sure, has got a decent one, I I would imagine, being down there in Orlando. This is going to give him an opportunity to compete at the level he wanted to compete at right away, but he can do it closer to home. So he's coming home to BYU. And like I said, this is not the only program uh, that is going to benefit from BYU. Big total affiliation, but obviously a big, big addition for BYU men's golf, much like the situation we find in BYU football, those 20 new additions uh, to the BYU football roster. A lot of them, I don't know if say a lot of them, but a, a handful of them at least. BYU's not power five. There's like, yeah, we're good. I'm, I'm gonna look elsewhere. Power five affiliation is big, big. Big time for BYU to have that moniker next to their name. And like I said, it adds Simon Kwan to an already very strong BYU men's golf program. Uh, Keep an eye on BYU men's golf. They can make another run at the national championship next year. They obviously made it to the regionals this year. Did not make it to the final stages of the NCAA championship. But having a guy like Simon Kwan added to that roster only makes them that much better and that much uh, of a bigger of a contender, if you will, when it comes to their chances in that event. All right, uh, coming up. Uh, no, actually not coming up. We're going to talk about it right now. Uh, BYU looking back at another game in their 155 games of independent history. Uh, we've gone through these. last On Friday, we talked about the three games. There were three games in 2019 that were really uh, losses due to injury. You can remember back. Uh, they lost Tyson Williams against Washington. absolutely stomped in that one. Then they go to USF, and Jaron Hall had BYU with a fourth-quarter lead. Then he gets knocked out of the game. Baylor Romney has to come in and try and clean that up, and just couldn't couldn't get the job done. Oh, should be Toledo in the middle. Excuse me, Toledo. Zach Wilson tries to throws an interception, an ill-advised pass, chases down the defender to make the tackle, breaks his thumb. He's done for a while. So two of your starting quarterback and your starting running back are done for uh, at least a significant period of time. The season, obviously, for Tyson Williams. And then the USF debacle with uh, Jaron Hall being knocked out due to concussion after slamming his head on the turf down there at Raymond James Stadium. So BYU comes limping home to host a a number 14 Boise State in the rain down there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, Frankly, I was coming into this game thinking, okay, BYU's 2-4. and Are they looking at maybe going back to what they were in 2019 when they just couldn't Get out of their own way and uh, obviously did not go on to make it to a bowl game. Well, uh, BYU had so many questions coming into this game. Uh, we, we all learned the name Baylor Romney that week for most of us. I knew who Baylor was because I obviously was covering the team a little closer than most. But Baylor Romney, the third-string quarterback, a guy that uh, probably was anticipating being a bench warmer most of his career at BYU, who knew uh, what he planned on doing. But due to the injuries to both Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson, well, Baylor Romney, it's your game, son. You're going out there against the number 14 team in the country. Undefeated Boise State, 6-0 on the season, coming in here. Now, Hank Bachmeyer was unavailable in this game as well for Boise State. But uh, trust me, the situation for BYU seemed that much more dire. Chase Cord was the quarterback for Boise State in this game. But what did uh, Baylor Romney do? He came out and looked completely unfazed. Now, he is a guy that has just got this ability to not uh, get too high or too low in any single situation, it feels like, because we saw that over the time he played at BYU. He ends in this game 15 of 26, 221 yards, two touchdowns, both of them going to Matt Bushman, one of them on a, a flea flicker, and BYU just absolutely salted away a game that many thought they had no chance in and wins this game 28-25. to 25. Now, BYU was up 28-10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Boise State added 15 points late. Made it a little bit nervy late, but uh, remember, they had that old, they call that rugby scrum formation. Austin Confensus came into that quarterback position, got a fourth down conversion on a fourth and one late in that game and the BYU runs out the clock uh, to win this game. The Cougars won it despite running for just 121 yards in this game. Uh, Sione Finau uh, now transferred to Utah State, had 11 carries for 89 yards in this game, was actually very, very good at, I think it was career-long for BYU, 46-yard run in this game that helped them win it. Matt Bushman, five receptions, 101 yards, two touchdowns absolutely masterful performance in this game. Now the other thing about this game is uh, there was a little bit of a transition that also happened with the offensive play calling duties after the uh, debacle at USF. The three game losing streak well uh, some of you may know, some of you may not. It was at that point that full play calling duties went from offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes to Aaron Roderick. Now Aaron Roderick was still the passing game coordinator. I call it a co-offensive coordinator if you will, whatever it was but he was given full play calling duties going into this game and he called one heck of a game to get BYU this victory it was a huge win for BYU reinvigorated the season absolutely flooring Boise State fans trust me I've got a good friend who's a BSU fan who says that game was one of the games it's like one of the worst losses in Boise State history and I I I would argue with that because there's some other ones out there but uh, it was just a crazy crazy win and the funny thing about this do you remember who this leading tackler for BYU was in this game uh, some guy named Tyler Algier actually led BYU in this game with nine solo tackles in the game. Absolutely incredible performance. Obviously, we know the next two years after this, Algier would go on to be an absolute sensation at running back for BYU, but showed off his chops as a two-way player in many ways, uh, leading BYU in tackles in this game. But it was just, it was a big big win in retrospect for BYU because like I said it just completely reinvigorated the season got them on a roll a little bit and we'll talk tomorrow about a Utah State game that Jaron Hall returned for uh, and then BYU had uh, it was kind of a quarterback roulette it felt like the rest of the way in 2019 and we'll talk more about that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast alright that's going to do it for tonight and today I guess I should say uh, the podcast we usually record these the night before and uh, big thank you to all of you all the same for you guys' support of the podcast thank you for making us your first listen to Day. and thank you to all of you once again, the thousands of you who are every dayers with us here on the podcast. Hope you all are doing well. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday and get ready for some really, really fun coverage from down there in Arlington. Obviously getting ready for a big week ahead, a big 12 media days. And of course, stick with us all week long right here on Locked on Cougars.